This is Footy Time, and I'm Daniel Andrews. Welcome to another episode of Footy Time. Today we've got a truly epic grand final to have a look at. So this one's the 2018 grand final between the West Coast Eagles and the Collingwood Magpies. Our regular segments will also be making an appearance, so we've got another chance to have a go at some Footy Time trivia. How have you been going with these? Been getting most of them right? Some of them are pretty tricky. And we'll also have our latest entry into our frozen in time moments. So for those of you who can remember the 2018 grand final well, I'm pretty sure you might already know what the 2018 grand finals frozen in time moment will be. Maybe have a guess right now and see whether you get it right. So remember that's revealed right at the end of the episode. So uh, make sure to stay tuned for that. It's time now to have a look at the road to the grand final for both of these teams. Let's start with Collingwood. Collingwood's game style was built around a strong midfield with their ruckman, Brody Grundy, able to get it down to their brigade of midfielders. It batted really deep, they had a lot of players that could actually run through there. And they were able to apply great pressure, which helped get the ball back off the opposition. And from there, Collingwood were often able to control the ball, either in their back half or through the midfield. As far as their forward line went, it was an interesting mix of tools like Cox and Majacek, and some dangerous smalls like Jordan Degoe and Jaden Stevenson in his first year. At their best, they could be absolutely electrifying. In the first week of the finals, Collingwood actually had to play West Coast over in WA, and they were actually leading this game going into the last quarter. However, a 5 goal to one burst from West Coast in the last quarter saw them run out 16-point winners to give them a home preliminary final where they'd have a golden chance to get through to the 2018 Grand Final. Collingwood, however, had to do it the tough way. The next week, they faced GWS in a semi-final at the MCG. It was overall a pretty scrappy affair, with Collingwood spraying many shots at goal, kicking 9-15 in total. However, Collingwood did just enough to get over the line and register a 10-point win to fight another day. After this performance and the fact that Richmond had been so dominant for the majority of the year, Collingwood went into the preliminary final as massive underdogs. Richmond were able to build on their 2017 premiership by finishing on top of the ladder in 2018. So the question was, who could possibly stop Richmond? Well, it turned out it was actually Collingwood who could stop Richmond. That pressure that I talked about earlier was turned up to 100, and their midfield dominance blew Richmond out of the water. Nothing was going right for Richmond at all, and by half-time, the lead was an insurmountable 44 points, the way of Collingwood. In the end, it was a 29-point win the way of Collingwood to see them through to yet another grand final. Their opponents West Coast had a far easier road through to the grand final. With the win over Collingwood in the qualifying final that I already mentioned, they were through to the preliminary final and it was actually Melbourne who won through to face them after good wins against Geelong and Hawthorne both at the MCG. Unfortunately for Melbourne, the prelim was over in WA and it was going to be a daunting task. It was pretty obvious that Melbourne was out of their depth early against the Eagles. There are a few costly fumbles and poor decisions, which resulted in early Eagles goals. With the massive Eagles crowd on their side, West Coast rode the momentum to score heavily, and by half-time it was 10 goals to zip, and the game was as good as over. Despite a relatively even second half, West Coast ran out 66-point winners to book their place in the 2018 Grand Final, where they'd be attempting to win their fourth Premiership since entering the competition in 1987. West Coast actually had quite a unique game style that was quite different to almost every other team in the competition. 
They relied on a solid defence and great intercept marking from players like McGovern and Barras. But really from there, they used a slow kick mark style to control the ball out of defence and through the midfield often. Essentially what they were able to do by taking this slower controlled approach was deny the opposition chances to score on the counter-attack that have become the most common score source for all teams in 2018. Let's dive right into the first quarter of the 2018 Grand Final. West Coast had a clean takeaway from the first centre bounce that saw Josh Kennedy mark on his chest and have a set shot from about 50. Unfortunately for Eagles fans, the shot went wide and it was actually the last chance they'd get to score for quite a while. Collingwood were looking good early, winning the ball around stoppages and controlling it with precise kicking and handball. On one particular stoppage, Pendleby was in the clear and an uncharacteristic clanger kick saw the ball bumbling towards the 50 and Travis Varco had plenty of space to gather and sum up the situation before goaling from 45 metres out to register the first of the game. Collingwood continued to win their fair share of the ball early, and when West Coast won it, Collingwood's pressure often allowed them to get it back off them. It also seemed that Collingwood's speed was becoming a worry for West Coast, particularly the small forwards like Jordan Dugowie and Jaden Stevenson. However, the Eagles' tall backs were still standing up, and going inside 50 with high balls in the direction of McGovern or Brass was not paying any dividends for Collingwood. When Collingwood did manage to get the ball to ground, the Stevenson snap gave them their second, and it was the slow Collingwood chant that was making an appearance at the MCG. For those of you who haven't heard this live or even on TV, it sort of goes, Collingwood. Quite eerie, especially when you've got tens of thousands of people doing it together. Stevenson wasn't done yet, though. Short time later, after dropping a mark at around the 50, he was the first to recover, and sprinting in towards goal, he slammed on another. Things were starting to look dangerous for West Coast here. Collingwood seemed to be winning most of the 50-50s, and the ball was bouncing their way. And when West Coast turned it over in the back half near Jordan Dugowie, he was able to break two tackles before coolly snapping another goal that never looked like missing. It was an understatement to say West Coast needed a settler at this stage. And after a long kick to the top of the square, where a huge pack of players went up, the ball just spilt over the back, and Willie Rioli was in the right place at the right time, where he just barely got his shin to the ball just before it crossed the line to give West Coast their first goal. There was a bit of luck involved here, but it turned out to be just what West Coast needed to get going. A short time later, Josh Kennedy was able to mark and snap truly from a set shot, and in the blink of an eye, West Coast were back in the game, and the quarter time margin was just 16 points. To begin the second quarter, West Coast were definitely looking more assured. With both teams starting to play some of their best footy, it looked like we were in for a great game. Despite West Coast getting into the game, Collingwood still had more of the ball, and they were getting heaps of inside 50s. Unfortunately for Collingwood, they couldn't make the most of it, with West Coast being able to intercept mark many of their forward 50 thrusts. Although West Coast were able to stop Collingwood scoring during this period, they weren't actually scoring themselves either. Both teams were cracking in incredibly hard, as is often the case in grand finals, but there seemed to be a real edge to this game. One particular passage of play that sent a gasp through the crowd was when Maydard was standing under a hospital hand pass and Liam Ryan of West Coast came cannoning into his guts, completely taking the wind out of him. It was completely fair though, and no free kick was awarded, but it showed how willing this game really was. Finally, Collingwood were able to put a bit of score on the board after having much of the play. 
It was the goey who received at 60 metres and taking only a few more steps, unloaded, putting it straight through the big sticks. West Coast got the goal basically straight back though. It was Jetta on the wing putting Ryan into a bit of space with a skillful kick that broke the game open. West Coast were out everywhere inside 50 and it led to Hutchings kicking a goal from the square. Slowly but surely, West Coast was starting to win more of the clearances and a lot of it was on the back of Luke Shuey. From one particular stoppage, he broke free at speed before landing the ball more or less on the goal line. And just like that, West Coast had kicked four of the last five goals and the momentum was starting to swing the way of West Coast. So all in all, this added up to a 12-point lead to Collingwood, but it was now evident that we had a ferocious contest on our hands. Let's do it. Time for some footy time trivia. Remember to play along at home and see how many of these you can get right. So for question one, we're looking at Collingwood's massive upset over Richmond in the 2018 preliminary final. Of course, putting Collingwood through to this grand final that we're talking about. So the question is, how many goals had Collingwood kicked in the 2018 preliminary final against Richmond before the Tigers had even kicked their second goal? Was it A, 7 goals, B, 8 goals, C, 9 goals, or D, 10 goals? Have a bit of a think. So what did you go for here? It was actually D, 10 goals. So the Pies had slammed on 10 goals in the first half before Richmond could even manage their second. It all added up to a 44-point halftime lead, which was insurmountable and would eventually see Collingwood through to the grand final. Going into the game, it was unthinkable that this could actually happen to Richmond, but it just shows there's no such thing as a certainty in footy. Footy time trivia question number two. So for this one, we're thinking back to when Collingwood last won a grand final, which was actually in 2010. Of course, the replay after the draw against St Kilda. So only three players from Collingwood's 2010 winning grand final side were actually playing in the 2018 grand final. Two of these players were Pendlebury and Sidebottom, but who was the third player who'd played in both the 2010 winning grand final side and this 2018 grand final side? Was it A, Tom Langdon, B, Tyson Goldsack, C, Brody Grundy, or D, Levi Greenwood? I'll give you a little bit of time to think about this one. So the answer here was B, Tyson Goldsack. It's a little surprising to think that only eight years after a premiership, almost the entire team has changed. I guess it just shows how much Buckley changed the side after taking over from Mick Malthouse. They'd really built from the bottom up again, and they had pretty much a completely different team in the 2018 Grand Final than they did when they'd won in 2010. Footy time trivia question number three. So for this one, we're going to be talking a little bit about West Coast game style. So they had a really unique game style that we've already talked a bit about, but it all relied on being able to control the ball with short kicks and marks and not turning the ball over. So really, if they could take plenty of marks, they were in control of games, and then they were able to win those games where they were able to do that. So the question is, in 2018, West Coast didn't lose a game all year when they took how many marks? Was it A, 80 or more marks? B, 90 or more marks? Or C, 100 or more marks. What do we think about this one? So I admit this one is a bit tricky, but the answer to this one is actually B, 90 or more marks. So 
when West Coast were able to take more than 90 marks in a game in 2018, they never lost. So it really just shows how ingrained this game style was. And when they got the game on their terms, they were able to win, essentially. Footy time trivia question number four. So interestingly, West Coast and Collingwood actually played against each other quite a few times in the 2018 season. So this time the question is, how many times did West Coast defeat Collingwood in the 2018 season? Was it A1, B2, C3, or D4? So the answer is actually C3. They're able to beat them three times. So I don't want to give too much away about when these three occasions were because we're talking about the 2018 Grand Final, of course, and there may be a couple of people listening who don't know the result. Let's get back into the third quarter of the 2018 Grand Final now. So to recap, both teams have had periods with momentum, but all in all, it's now added up to a pretty even contest. So let's see what happens next. Just like in the first quarter, it was Kennedy who marked from the first centre clearance. However, this time he was able to kick truly and bring the margin back to just six points. It was a sign of things to come with a tight tension-filled game on the cards. After an extremely quiet first half, Hero from the previous week, the big American, Mason Cox, was able to slot his first after Majacek was able to draw McGovern outside 50 and create a bit of space for Cox to move in. Cox has quite a unique kicking style. The ball doesn't really get up very high. It usually goes pretty straight though, so that's a good thing of course. The scoreboard was now starting to tick over pretty regularly as well, with Kennedy taking out a huge pack. It left Jamie Cripps alone at the top of the square to snap a goal. It was goal for goal when Collingwood were able to get it straight back, with Taylor Adams draining a goal from the very next centre clearance. The way the game was being played now, it was becoming more and more obvious that Collingwood needed fast plays to be able to score, to negate West Coast's intercept marking and solid defence. They hadn't had too many of these since early in the first quarter. After a quiet first half, big West Coast forward Jack Darling was also starting to come into the game. He took a couple of huge contested marks, and managed to kick a goal as well to bring the margin back to six points. It was a worrying sign for Collingwood that West Coast aerial dominance was now not only in the back half, but also in the front half of the ground. Collingwood really shot themselves in the foot in the next play, where they were trying to bring it out of defence, only for the Collingwood runner to block a player's run at the ball, allowing Elliot Yo to intercept Mark on the 50. He's a pretty big kick, Yo, and he unloaded a massive bomb to put West Coast in front for the first time since the opening moments of the game. West Coast lead didn't last for too long though, and scores were deadlocked at 8-7-54 apiece, going into three-quarter time. After three quarters of gripping football, we were no clearer on who would be the holder of the 2018 Premiership Cup. Not sure what Nathan Buckley said at three-quarter time, but to start the fourth quarter, the Pies came out firing. It was the perfect start for Collingwood, a centre clearance to an open forward line, and once the ball got to ground, it was Majacek who snapped the goal. Collingwood won the next centre clearance too, and it was Zagoe who got on the end of it, kicking truly again from outside 50. And just like that, Collingwood had a two-goal lead. It was short-lived though because Vardy was able to mark from the very next centre clearance and get one of the goals back. Vardy and Lysette had been double-teaming Grundy all day and had largely nullified the often-dominant Brodie Grundy. Next it was Cox's turn, this time backing back into Brass, using his huge frame 
to protect the drop zone and taking a big contested mark. His kick, though low, was just long enough to give Collingwood an 11-point lead. All of this had happened in just eight minutes of the final quarter. It was an absolutely ballistic start, with both teams going to another level to try and get the upper hand. However, after another Kennedy goal, the game changed again. West Coast were absolutely dominating possession and inside 50s, but they kept missing their chances, point after point. It was actually quite excruciating as a neutral supporter. I can only imagine what it was like for West Coast supporters. During this period of play, Liam Ryan even hit the post twice. And after all these points, it was still Collingwood in the lead by one point. For it to be so close, so deep into a grand final, you can imagine the tension in the stadium, and I'm sure from those watching on TV. It was an absolutely electric atmosphere, with both sets of supporters on the edge of their seat. Even though West Coast had so much of the ball, Collingwood was still dangerous when they were able to counter-attack. And in one play, they found some space. It looked like they were out, but their kick inside 50 was killed by a massive McGovern fist. So with just 3.5 minutes left on the clock, Collingwood still had the lead by two points, and the tension rose again. What would happen next? It was Chalor who found a bit of space on the wing and delivered to about 40 metres out. Backing back, Majacek was in the contest, but it was McGovern who took a huge contested mark coming over the top. Like a cat, McGovern landed on his feet and it was quickly able to get the ball on to Vardy on the wing. Vardy wasted little time as well, kicking to the diminutive Liam Ryan, who seemed to hang in the air while in a contest with two larger opponents. Ryan was about 70 out and he spotted Sheed inside 50 near the boundary line. It was Collingwood's Maynard who was desperate to try and impact the contest. But Willie Rioli did just enough to block Maynard's run without giving away a free kick. So it was Dom Sheed lining up from about 35 out, right on the boundary. With little time left, it was now or never for West Coast. In truth, the kick had to be perfect to find the little daylight between the posts. His drop punt never deviated, and he was celebrating almost before it had gone through. Finally, after so many chances, West Coast had hit the front. As the siren blared over the MCG, an epic grand final had come to an end. It was West Coast who were the 2018 Premiers by five points. Let's now have a look at the 3-2-1 of most influential players from the 2018 Grand Final. It was actually Luke Shuey who won the Norm Smith for a dominant display all day. I agreed with the Norm Smith voting in this case. My three votes goes to Shuey. He really got the West Coast midfield going when they were struggling early and he got a huge number of clearances that kept the ball moving West Coast way. It was actually really tight though. My two votes goes to McGovern. I thought he was very close to being best on ground. He put himself in the right spot all day, making life very difficult for the Pies when they were attacking. And of course, he started the grand final winning play that ended up in the Domshed goal. My one vote goes to Tom Barras, who of course is McGovern's partner in crime and defence. He too took many important intercept marks, particularly when they were under fire in the first and second quarters. I'm not sure many other defences would have been able to stand up to the number of inside 50s that Collingwood were getting in that first half. All right, frozen in time. Let's do this. So no surprises here. I'm sure the majority of you would have chosen this moment as well. Of course, it had to be West Coast winning goal deep into the last quarter for our frozen in time moment. Off hands, Adam Trelaw was able to gather on centre wing before using his speed and then unloading to about 40 out. It was up to Majacek backing back, but over the top came Jerry McGovern taking a huge contested mark. 
Landing on his feet, he was able to quickly get the ball on back to the wing. This time it was Vardy who marked. With little time remaining in the game, Vardy too wheeled around quickly and honoured a Ryan lead. He seemed to hang in the air against two Collingwood opponents to take a big mark. It was starting to open up now for West Coast with a free Dom Sheed near the boundary inside 50. Liam Ryan quickly got the ball on. The ball hung in the air slightly as Dom Sheed went back to take the mark. A desperate Maynard was actually blocked off getting to the contest. So it was up to Dom Sheed. Could he do it? Could he put West Coast in front with little time remaining? As he lined up from the boundary, he steadily put through a perfect left foot kick that found the daylight between the posts. West Coast were now in front with little over two minutes left. Perhaps only Collingwood supporters might disagree with this frozen in time moment. What would your frozen in time moment have been from this game? Would it have been the Dom Sheed goal or something else? Let me know on the Facebook page or email me at footytime210 at gmail.com. I've got a feeling that this frozen in time moment will stand pretty well against any others that we put into the vault. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Footy Time. I hope you enjoyed reminiscing about this epic grand final between Collingwood and West Coast. Tune in next time for more Footy Time as we continue to dissect the grand finals from the past decade. <laughs>